HD3, KKJZ, Long Beach, Los Angeles, streaming at 22westmedia.com. Okay, I'm here with Jadon Jones. Don, as I learned while I was watching practice earlier, uh, yeah, putting up shots. How many shots did you put up? Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> this is 22S Radio. I'm here with Zach Durham. Zach, don't call me Bull Durham. Daniel McMahon. Oh, you want me to switch the mics? Oh, yeah. No, this one's cool. You good? Oh, no, go ahead and sit over there so we can look at we can look at actually go into mic go into mic three so we can actually look at each other. There we go. Yeah, that's much better. As you can see, we have this What up, what up? This is a well oiled machine. <laughs> Not right. quite, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we're here we're with ready. Uh, Zach Durham, journalist extraordinaire. <laughs> Working for the 49er. Yeah. We were just talking about you changing your, you changing your major. Well, I wouldn't. Ch- it's adding major. I'm yeah. still. Well, by the way, this is High Talk Repeat. You're listening to 22 West Media. <laughs> 22 West Media, baby. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was comm major is what I started as, and I'll be done with that in December um, with the BA, and then I'm trying to add journalism as a second major, and I can finish because I've got the minor for it, so I can finish it out, finish out the major in another two semesters. What do you want to write? You want to write about the news news, or you want to do like sport news, or work the beat? I mostly do sports writing. Uh, definitely when I first wanted to get into it, like in high school, I was like, oh, I'll probably be a beat writer, you know, working for like the Angels or the Dodgers would be pretty yeah. cool. But when, since I started doing it for the 49er, it's a lot of kind of, I started out doing a lot of sports, but recently it's been a lot more like arts and life, going to different local businesses like today they just released the best of long beach edition for the 49er oh, um, nice. printed what and digital what was the best pizza you know what i don't i didn't i didn't Come pick on, up on that i can tell you best brewski because i wrote okay. that one that was no. palace point uh yeah okay yeah that's kind of weak though what do you mean that's weak it's a san diego brewery that's well i mean weak. but have you been to the long beach location oh it's a great location yeah it's it's by far the best location yeah you know that used to be like a it used to be a place called Corey's. Corey's. I feel like somebody told me about it that. It was like it was like some not very great fantastic same location, but yeah. it was like seedy. It's very seedy. Yeah. It was like that. Like, isn't it weird how back in the day, like beach towns and like little port cities were just grimy sailors, and now it's like top of the line property. Yeah, I mean, you cannot be a grimy sailor and live here. Yeah, I mean, in my <laughs> lifetime, I've seen. Although I I'm, do know a grimy fisherman that lives on the peninsula. Grimy fisherman. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm from Newport Beach and. You know, when I was a kid, I'd be going to the pier and just any beach that I kind of felt like. And I just remember walking around and it was a lot grimy fishermen, man. That's all I can yeah. say. That's what I thought, of. I thought of it as like a just a kind of hippie beach community. Mm-hmm. This is when I was like four years old, so yeah. way back in like 2003. And yeah, like you said, it's changed a lot. It's not that hippie beach community now. It's just all prime real estate and... Yeah, no, yeah, dude. Like, a lot. No, like when I was when I was a kid too, Huntington Beach was like hardcore punk rockers and yeah. you know skaters that you know would just <laughs> you didn't want to mess with. Basically, they were the, like the, the Lords of Dogtown of Orange County. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, it's like less craziness, but at the same time more conformity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of like a little crazy. I agree. I agree. I think Newport's the perfect blend of local community and because it's not that it's not too big of a town, you know. People that have lived in Newport their whole lives know families and whatnot, but 
it's got a good blend of, uh, I don't know, it's comfort. Like I said, I've been there my whole life, and mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's hard to want to live somewhere else. I mean, I'm blessed to live in such a nice area yeah. in Southern California. Okay, so, but out of actual Long Beach breweries, not you just, know, not just ones true, from San you know. Diego, was there a list? Do you it was remember voted the by list? students. Do you just remember the number one? It was voted by students. There was a poll on the Daily 49ers Instagram, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many people voted on it. I don't know what yeah. the total numbers were, but it says on the the print what fin- what the runners up were. Oh, okay. And I'm blanking on what runner yeah. up was. Because like for me, I think the best, the number one Long Beach brewery is Beachwood. Beachwood. Beachwood's the number one, and like that's kind of like also a little like eh, I don't know because. They, I mean, well, it's still open. I, well, no, actually, I, I think their last day was not that long ago. They, uh, their original location on the promenade in downtown just closed down. They just closed it? Or is it going to relocate or is they putting a strip mall there? Well, <laughs> it basically is a strip mall. Like, it's, it's not a strip mall. Like, it's, have you been to the promenade? No. I, yeah, I don't. So the, the promenade, there's Pine, which is, there's a lot of, uh, so Pine is kind of like the main, the, like the main street of downtown Long Beach, okay. And there's uh, there's like just restaurants. Uh, they actually there's a brand new brewery that I haven't been to yet called The Altar. The Altar, okay. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's at an old Masonic building. Well, let's go check it out. So there's an actual altar yeah. upstairs, dude. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Scary. Yeah, no, but it looks really cool. I was reading the story. The guy's like, of? it's on Pine. Oh, on Pine. It's I, I think it's that. in between Broadway and Third. Okay. On Pine, you know, I mean, I, I do go wrong, down there. Right I there. mean, I don't go down there too often, but when I do, I go to like Mezcalero, Blind Donkey. So, oh, okay, so yeah, this that's uh that's the art district right there. Yeah, yeah, the Blind Donkey is awesome. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, spot. that's a cool little spot. But so, yeah, as far if you as keep, breweries, we got to go here. Yeah, you know, definitely. So, so the Promenade is behind, is is one block west or east of of um pine and it's just a walkway okay so there's congregation which there's quite there's like kind of like a chain congregation where they have ales you know what i mean yeah there's i think it's called like it's not called the observatory but there's another like bar chain that kind of it's a cool setting um i forgot what it's called but there's there's also the stave which is a whiskey bar it's just like a walkway and uh beachwood was there there's also a doghouse which is like yeah okay yeah that's that's the promenade Garrett right loves that place Garrett loves hot Dog House? Dog House, oh yeah. Dog House is fire. Yeah, he yeah. always talks about that place. It's really good. Um, so Beach will be number one for me. Uh, and so so like that's why, the so there's also, um, I think it's Long Beach Boulevard in that same area, there's a Beachwood Blendery. So that's all their sours and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Just different craft stuff. Yeah, different craft stuff. And then in Bixby Knowles, there's a new Beachwood tap room and distillery, but they haven't released their spirits yet nothing yet yeah so this is your spot that would have voted would, differently like it sounds like I, you would have voted differently <laughs> i would have definitely voted be, but like as far as like to go to a location yeah it's obviously ballast point yeah yeah no, like dude, this, the went. setting is just is just fantastic but the beer itself i would go beachwood and then number two i would go trademark which is long beach boulevard in anaheim um I mean, those are kind of the top two. The rest of the actual true Long Beach breweries are just like whatever. There's Ten Mile, which is in Signal Hill, right? But I mean, basically Long Beach. That's a really popular one, but they only have. I think they're more known for their like pilsners and lagers and ambers and stuff like that. Which I'm just like, you know, West Coast IPA. Let's go, baby. I was gonna say, see, that's kind of why I was into like Ballast Point. 
I'm all into those like fruity, weird IPA flavors. Like I love IPAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thing. So yeah, so like Beechwood, great IPAs, and then I I know I've brought it up to you before, but have you been to Rip yet? Rip, no, but I drive by it every day. You gotta go. Yeah, because the guy that used to be the head brewer of Beechwood opened up Rip. Okay. Yeah. There's multiple locations though, right? There are two locations. There's that one right there on PCH and Warner. Yeah. And that's then the there's one there's one. Uh, it's almost in Fountain Valley. Yeah, I know that's the that's one the, that um, I've got some coworkers that go to that one because they live out there. Yeah. Like no, their pizza. So. Their pizza is fire. Yeah. Very good pizza. The right. Be- Beachwood has a pizza place too. It's on. It's on. It's not that far from Warner and PCH, but it's on Warner. You got to go down like less than a mile, maybe about a mile down. There's like a, I don't remember. It's like a, there's a thrift shop in the shopping center. It's, it's basically just a shopping center, but yeah, I'm yeah. all about it, dude. Like their pizza is really good, dude. I'm all for it. I love like little, I don't even want to say a hole in the wall. It's just restaurants that like have just a vibe, you know, go there and good drinks, good menu, good atmosphere, good service. Like I love finding places like that. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a big time local guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, so trademark you know, it's definitely not in, a, in an ideal neighborhood. Okay. It's like, you know, there, there's a brand new apartment building they just built across the street, but Anaheim and Long Beach Boulevard, uh, I mean, dude, there's like a there's like a homeless mission around the corner from it, you know, and there's like a little park. There's like kind of a skate park, actually, that they built on a, on a tree belt. Okay. And it's just like, I don't know, it's like I said, it's not like um, Ballast Point. Right. <laughs> but it's really cool. It's yeah. this huge, it's this huge, it's almost like a hangar. Um, it's this huge, like, warehouse, old wooden warehouse hangar that's just like like this big dome or like arched roof, and it goes all the way down so you can see all like the brewing equipment and right, stuff right. like that. Um, and then they have this outside patio area that's in between them and this rock climbing gym. And the rock climbing gym is, it's, you know, both of these settings are very, like, you know, new hipstery kind of things, right. you know? And they always have like either like pop ups or food trucks in that middle area, and they have these massive murals of like, I don't know, I'm sure they're famous people, but they look cool. Yeah, man. I mean, Long Beach is a very artsy town, so yeah, I, we gotta go check it out. So Sounds yeah, like- no, I'm down. We just, yeah, we'll go grab some beers. Definitely hit up Alter Society for. Alter I think it's maybe, yeah. maybe called Society. I just maybe I just made that up. Yeah, <laughs> but that would be Wing cool it. if it was the Alter Society. You know, if someone's <laughs> talked about it, it was probably you. Uh, it's not the first time I've I've heard of that place, but yeah, we'll check it out. Yeah, if you check out their check out their Instagram, um, it's pretty cool. I'm trying to pull up this list right now. Best of Beach Recipients 2023. Uh, okay, wait, no, never mind. See, this is why I need a young Jamie. I can't do this. A young Jamie. <laughs> These are just Employee of the Month awards and stuff like that. I which pull that kudos to y'all, but um, I don't know what you do. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, they look good. Um, so anyway, um, dude. So back to the journalism thing, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, there was this. I actually brought this up, this book up with uh, in the when I was talking to Maher. So there's a book called um, Tall Men Short Shorts, something like that. But it's about the 1969 NBA Finals, right? Okay. And it's written by a guy that was covering it. And it's super interesting. I told him I'd give it to him, but maybe I'll just give it to you because you're the next person I talk to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Celtics Lakers, and it, and it talks about uh, Bill Russell has his own column in the Boston Globe, and they the front rows 
of seats were all for journalists and stuff because back in the day, you know, there was no sports center, there's no highlight reels. Right. The way people kept up with sports was reading the sports page. Right. So they had like all the prime seating. Now there's just that one Is little there's... buffer for the people that are actually calling the game. Yeah. And they now, you know, you get stuck. I mean, a press box isn't too bad either. No, I mean, that's one thing. I had an uh, opportunity to kind of experience what it's like to cover a professional sporting event. Um, Over the summer, I got to shadow the executive producer for the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, What does that mean? Mike Levy. So Mike Levy, like I said, the executive producer, his job is he sits in the truck outside of the stadium and he's board hopping. He's looking at every single camera feed that is in the stadium. And he's like, all right, camera six is we're gonna cut to that, be live there, and then you're in communicate. What we do with with games of the pyramid, yeah, same thing, yeah, except you're, cameras and stuff, yeah. And it's for the LA Dodgers, so. So you I, were you were in the truck? I was. I got to well, not for the whole game. So I was actually in the in the booth up uh, with yeah, Oral Hershiser, yeah. Stephen Nelson, calling the game. All right. But yeah. what you were saying about being the in bulldog. the bulldog? Is it the Mad Dog or the Bulldog? Uh, the Mad Dog. Is Russo? he the Mad Dog? No. Is it what's Oral Hershiser's nickname? The Bulldog? I don't know, dude. I'm an Angels fan. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Oral Hershiser's Dodgers goat, but but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, the line of press and journalists that kind of line up in the uh, in the press box, you know, I kind of got to witness that firsthand, and uh, yeah. I, I was like, I felt pretty pretty legit. So that's when I knew it's, this is what I want to do. You know? Oh yeah, some sort of journalistic work around sports. So how'd you get that gig? Is Bulldog by the way? You know, it's a Bulldog. It is. It's actually a really funny story. I was working at my job uh, as a server at a Newport Landing restaurant. And I was shout wearing, out I, to Newport Landing. Shout out Newport Landing. Come get your seafood, baby. <laughs> fish and chips. Halibut. You like halibut? Yeah, I love halibut. Yeah, yeah. I love basically all fish. Yeah. Mahi is like, sometimes I've gotten some mahi that I don't really like, but yeah, I generally like any fish. I'm a big shrimp guy, so that's what I get. But, I like shrimp too. But yeah, I was at work one day, and you know, our uniforms are all black. And I have this one collared shirt that's all black, but it's got uh, a little yellow Long Beach logo on it. And I wear it. My my manager's cool with it. You know, it's pretty much in uniform. Yeah. And, I think I've seen you wearing that. Yeah. So yeah. my one of my customers is looking at my shirt. He goes, oh, you go to Long Beach State. What do you study? And I go through my whole spiel and everything and tell him I'm all wanted to do sports journalism. And he goes, oh, no way. Uh, my buddy, Mike Levy, he's the executive producer for the, for the LA Dodgers. He goes... Here's his email. Hit him up. See what happens. See where it goes. I was like, all right. So I email him, and we over like the next month, we just go back and forth exchanging emails. I got his phone number. We have a phone conversation like three weeks after we had first contacted each other. And once again, I gave him my spiel. He heard it from my voice for the first time. And he's just like, wow, man, yeah, I can tell you want to do this. So um, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to go. Or he goes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the Dodgers website. And go look at their schedule of home games that are lined up. And you're going to send me a list of five, four to five games that you can come out here to. And or you're going to shadow me for a day. Hmm. So I was like, yeah, I could do that. So right away, I looked at the schedule, sent them a list, ranked them in order of which games I wanted. And within a week, he was like, all right, June 23rd, Dodgers-Astros. <laughs> you're coming oh, up here. You're gonna, you got the Astros, got the game, Astros there, game Yeah, that was, that was my second choice because I wanted the Angels-Dodgers game. So right, I first yeah. contacted him about... Wait, this was last summer? No, this, this, past, is, summer? this past summer, yeah. So this, this is summer. all in May. When I first met his friend when I was working, this is like early May. Yeah. And then the conversation I had with him over the phone where he told me to go look, pick a game or two or however many, 
that was like the end of May. And the soonest game that I could have requested was like within two weeks. So it was like June 14th or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty recent within me first talking to the guy over the phone yeah. that it was me meeting him in person, driving up to Dodger Stadium, getting there like four hours before the game starts. I got to go on the field during batting practice. The Joe Bros were there. The Jonas Brothers, they were promoting their concert. <laughs> I was like, who? Here, Joe. <laughs> the Joe Bros. I actually saw, uh, f- this is off topic, but I saw uh, Shaq's a Joe Bro. You know who's Joe Bros? J.D. Martinez. I remember you actually. I remember, yeah. Was this from that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Same yeah. with uh, James Outman, Gavin Lux. <laughs> yeah. I got to talk with Outman and Lux. That was a really cool experience. Do you think that uh, that everybody going crazy over Taylor Swift to just open the door for everybody just to be like, yeah, I'm a Joe Bro? Because like, be, there are I mean, a lot of people that like I wouldn't expect to be, like Dave Portnoy, crazy Swifty. Yeah, and like I mean, unapologetically too. It's like I mean, I like, for, Ad- I like a I like I like Adele. I'm a big Adele fan. She's a Spurs fan. Adele. She's a Spurs fan? Not not San Antonio Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, yeah. Cuz she's from England. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, and you're a Tottenham guy. Yeah, so is Desi. Oh, wow. And Desi. Yeah. Footy Fridays is a you couple should, Spurs fan. You fans. should um, sure. send her some fan mail. I could, dude. <laughs> so is Tom Holland. Tom Holland, what's he from? Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man? Oh, uh, okay. Little English guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> not, are you a movie guy or no? I I like no. I just did honestly like I basically just watch sports. Okay. Sometimes there are some shows that I watch like okay. like Yellowstone. That's a good show. Because I was almost a film major before I was out of high school. I was going to be a film major. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but then like junior year of high school, I was like, I might do sports journalism. But I was taking film classes at high school. Yeah. And wanted to do cinematography because I just love movies. I love the way. I love how they're written. I love the way it's shot. Um, yeah, yeah. I like. I do like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, like I, I'd watch probably like a sports documentary over a movie or like a game, you know. But there are some movies that I'll watch just whenever. Like I'll rewatch Goodwill Hunting, oh, I love Stand movie. by Me, The Goonies, um, Elf. <laughs> Like, <laughs> we talked about Elf recently. Yeah, no, we were talking you were best Will Ferrell movies. Yeah, it's yeah, we disagree on that one. We'll I, to agree to I love on. Elf. Like, I don't just I don't just, hate it. It's very much it's not, not his best. It's not in the same breath of like his other movies. Yeah, it's not but, Anchorman. No, but it's I just not love old school. I, I love Elf. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those movies it gets that gets you in the vibe. Yeah, my it, mom loves that me, movie. Dude. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It puts my mom in a good mood, so it makes me happy. Yeah, seriously, around the holidays, you know, when I go. Visit her when during break and yeah, she's just always got it on. And Dude, I I, I and my stepmom's the one that you know the Hallmark Channel, where it's like the same four dozen movies just right. with different <laughs> names and titles. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So she's no, yeah. all on board with that. Uh, Are you saying that Elf is like a Hallmark movie? No, 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 no. I'm just saying my okay. stepmom is one of those people that watches Hallmark movies. Right. Where it's on all day and you're like, is this the same movie? Yeah. Because it's all the same plot, same character. The guy looks slightly different. Yeah. Same yeah. build, same clothes. Just... But it's the same plot. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. It's it's part of the festivities. It's part of the tradition of getting in the Christmas spirit. I, guess. I mean, no. It, well, yeah, that and it's just, it's that formula it's that Jonas Brothers formula. <laughs> Jonas Brothers. You know, it's like there's a there's a formula, yeah. right? There's like that. I forgot there's a term for it, but there there's some like like a psychological thing that people some people seek out 
that structure no, totally. and know what to expect no. at the end. Like law, the reason Law and Order has been on air for 20 years. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, people, it's just different, a different story, but the same structure. And everybody wants to know. Yeah. They, they like to know what's coming, I guess, you know? Yeah. And like you said, there's, there's a structure. To, and it's not just movies. I mean, music. Oh, yeah. The way we interact music. with people at work and school. There's a structure to everything in our lives. Oh, and yeah. And it's just because we've been conditioned to learn the structure and kind of follow the rules. And, you know, it's it's weird to think about how conditioned we are to follow rules that we've kind of just made up on ourselves and how like certain interactions are supposed to go well we didn't make them up. like shaking hands you know yeah like who decided that shaking hands is the proper way to introduce yourself to someone why not elbow bump why not chest bump yeah you know? like why i, I mean I, I like a good handshake no i know I like I'm, not, I'm not i'm not dissing it i'm just saying like who like at some point in the history of humans that was decided that that's an arbitrary rule oh yeah no i'm a big hugger yeah I, and when like COVID happened, like all the hugs were gone. Yeah, you know, it's like true. I, I like a good hug. Who doesn't? That's some people. Who doesn't like hugs? Some people a, are like, get get away from. Yeah, me, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cats you really don't. have. You really cats have, aren't huggers. Cats are not huggers. No. You really have to read the room for a, for a hug now. You know, <laughs> like you gotta be careful with who I, you're hugging. Oh yeah, no, I I uh, there's there's somebody that that I know um, that goes here. And like uh, we shook hands, and we put on hand sanitizer right afterwards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just weird. You, yeah, you know, it's, I've known some germaphobes, but I think COVID really set that off. For a lot I know. Of I was like, dude, what if I hug this guy? Yeah, that's nah, okay. It's okay. I still like him the same. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I want to get back to movies because I watched this incredible movie last night that I think you would really like. What is it? It's called No Country for Old Men. Oh, uh, love that movie. You've seen it? Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah, no, right, so I'm, you I'm have a, seen good movies. I, I'm a huge, huge, huge Coen Brothers guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is, I yes. like No Country for Old Men, Fargo, uh, Raising Arizona. That's a good movie. Uh, uh, Inside Lewin Davis or Lewin? Is that what it is? I don't think I've seen Inside that one. Inside Lewin, I've never seen that one. It's a good one, dude. But I did also it's like watch- he's a, he's a folk singer. It's like a week in the life of a folk singer in Greenwich Village in the '60s. Okay. So there's like a. There's like a faux Bob Dylan character. It's, gotcha. It's pretty good. This okay. soundtrack is very folky too. Any movie that's got a good soundtrack, I'm gonna have a soft spot for. Yeah. It. Uh, oh. Um, oh, brother, where art thou? Uh, they're they're beasts. That's dude. a good one. They're really good. Coen Brothers kill it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, and then I watched The Killer, the new David Fincher movie. I don't know anything about that. Uh, I mean, do, do you want to talk about No Country for Old Men? I mean, I was just the most recent movie I watched. I uh, the, the yeah. fact that you've seen it. I mean, I was just, that's, I would recommend that to like anyone. Yeah, dude. Because I've seen it before, but I rewatched it for the first time last yeah. night. Yeah. And man, that's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that dude, uh, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Bardem. Yeah. What, dude, he's, he's, they want scary. Award, he won he's an award for that though. movie. Best actor? Best supporting actor. Because uh, I think Tommy Lee Jones was technically the. Really? The, yeah. I mean, if. No, it, no, no. Josh, uh, Brolin. I'm pretty sure was Tommy. I'm pretty sure it was Tommy Lee Jones. No, I mean they, I all the three movie, of those guys were in the movie. I Look feel like the now. movie's primarily about Josh Brolin's character because that's the one where he's like all beat up and he has the suitcase. That was Tommy Lee Jones. No, Tommy Lee Jones was the sheriff. Oh, really? Wasn't he? No. <laughs> Come on. All right, let's see here. We gotta figure it out. Uh... But yeah, I mean. 
I totally get it as far as when you know when you said that you'd much rather just watch a sports game. Yeah, well, because that they, I, that was me as a kid, dude. I would stay up all night watching Sports Center. Yeah, like I'm like, mom, I'm not going to bed until I watch the the ESPN top ten plays. Yeah, oh and yeah, it was always no. at the very end. Okay, so topcast. I don't know how we're gonna do this here. Joel and Ethan Cohen, baby, Cormac McCarthy too. There was another book that they made into a movie by Cormac McCarthy that was that um, Javier Bardem. Starred in too. Yeah. He was like a drug dealer, like okay. a kingpin kind of I thing. still need to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, dude, I saw that. Is it good? Very good. Yeah. Very, very Better than Oppenheimer? Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. I, I mean, I think, okay, so with Oppenheimer, and maybe just because I kind of like this theme, like the American West, you know, just the beginning of this country, you yeah. know what I mean? Like all the, the good and bad. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Like no, it's, that's like, why I liked uh, No Country for Old Men a lot. You know, it's just wild, wild west out there, man. Because yeah, I spent yeah. a lot of time in Texas. You and, have? Oh, yeah. I mean, half my family's from out there. Oh, uh, okay. That was, uh, yeah, my dream school was actually the uh, University of Texas. Oh, um, you'd see that. The horns, baby. The horns go up. <laughs> Buck <'em> horns. <laughs> yeah, so I've spent a lot of time in Texas um, visiting family out there. They live in East Texas. Uh, but I also got family in Austin. But when you're driving around from city to city, I think Austin's in East Texas. Austin's kind of like East Central East. Oh, okay. Houston's a little more east. But my grandparents live in Huntsville, Texas, which is where all the state penitentiaries are. I don't know if you ever oh, if you knew God. that. That's when people go to when people are on death row in the state of Texas. They are in Huntsville, Texas, and which is about. I mean, the prisons are about. I mean, there's like seven of them in the county. Yeah. First of all, but. Uh, the main one where they will execute people is like right in downtown Huntsville, and it's about. It's in downtown. Pretty sure. I mean, there's that's one of them. That's morbid, dude. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's many, but one of them is right in downtown. You know, you got sniper guards all in the corners, and <laughs> yeah, it's gnarly. It's a whole brick building, and but yeah, it's about five ten minute drive away from my grandparents' house. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, they um. Uh, the Central Valley of California covered with prisons, dude. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's it's a different. It's yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. You ever uh, driven through Folsom? No. Where's that by Sacramento? Yeah, yeah, like Northeast Sacramento. Folsom I only I, I've only spent about three months there. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, did a I mean, bit, I did, baby. I mean, it's just a giant prison. I'm pretty sure that's where that's where. Um, JR. Yeah. JR Cash. Yeah. Also a good movie. That one about his life with uh, Down, Joaquin Walk the Phoenix. Line. Yeah. Walk the line. Dude. I've seen that. Joaquin Phoenix is a bad dude. He's gonna be good in Napoleon. So oh, I like those kind of I like those kind of okay, so back to Oppenheimer, sorry. Yeah. So Oppenheimer, I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. I thought it was very you saw it obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought I thought it was like shot well, like the cinematography was fantastic and all that sort of stuff. Um I thought that the story of Killers for the, the Killers of the Flower Moon was really, really good. Yeah, I mean it's based it was, off a true story. I mean they both are, obviously. Right. But I think with the true story of the it was the Osage or the Osagi Osage 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 Osage. So the Osage uh, tribe. I mean, there was just so much more. I guess emotion. That you could put, that you can extract out of an audience by making a movie and doing it right, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas obviously, like 
like in Oppenheimer, there's so much anticipation about the bomb being dropped, and then when it happens, it's like it moves on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. And it goes on to post him, you know what I mean? Which no, I think in this, there's just a lot more pieces of evidence that we still don't really know about that this movie is going to kind of be like, oh, did this really happen? Yes, this did really happen. You know what I mean? Yep. And also Oppenheimer, the trial, you know, the the kangaroo court that mm-hmm. was held after afterwards, it was way too drawn out. Yeah. It didn't need to be an hour or whatever long. They could have cut that down into A lot of people thought that movie could have been half an hour shorter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that. that was a little excessive where it was kind of a little bit opposite because Flowers of the Killers of the Flower Moon was like three and a half hours. Yeah, it is a longer movie. And it was like the first two hours was the setup, you know, so that could have been a little bit shorter. But even so, like, I wasn't even that mad about it. Yeah. You know, there was... I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, I love long movies. I think movies that want to tell a deep story need to be at least two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just so hard to cram so much into a short period of time. Yeah. Two hours is not a long time. I mean, to some people it is. But if you want to tell a meaningful, impactful story, you're going to need a little more than that. And if you can do it in two hours, it's great. Like, I'm pretty sure No Country for Old Men, it's two hours long, right? Um, let's see here. I think the runtime is like a little over two. I don't know. Well, let me click on more. Yeah, it's something like that. So no country for old men. What's his name is definitely the sheriff. And look at this hat he's wearing. <laughs> look, he's a sheriff. Yeah. And then Brolin is the hunter. See, look at this. So violence and mayhem ensue after a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong the and more than $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. So, so this is a, this is the beginning right here. No, I definitely just flipped the names. I think oh, uh, he's flipping the coin. That was dude. so scary, dude. That whole scene is scary. I mean, he he was so dude. deserving of an award in that movie, uh, Bardem. He was so good. I mean, he took over the he. I mean, he took over the role of that film. You know. Yeah. See, look, this is him when he's hunting. And he goes, and he sees it. Josh Brolin. He was actually from West Texas too. See, I've never spent a lot of time in West Texas. West Texas is its own thing. That's the wild, wild you know what I mean? I drove I've, through it I've twice. been to South Texas, um, San Antonio's. I love San Antonio. Really? I want to go. I like the how they show that river. The river walk is beautiful, man. Yeah, it looks cool. I think you got it. It's right across from the Alamo, so you can go to the Alamo, oh. do the full tour, look at all the, because lo- I'm a history buff too, so I love that stuff. And then when you're done, sun's coming down, lights are coming on, oh, let's go to the river walk. And it's literally just, I don't know how long it is. It's probably a mile long walkway. It's just winding, you know, um, but it's bars, restaurants, gift shops. There's a Johnny Rockets right on there. Uh, <laughs> is it like a gondola kind of thing? That yeah, you like you can get, you can rent out little pedal boats, you know, like pedal yourself. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, call it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's gondola services too, where it's little so, romantic well, I mean, vibes. Because it's yeah. not too wide. It's not that wide of a, of a, uh, of a river, I guess. It's more of a canal. But if you're ever in San Antonio, it's definitely worth checking out. Mm. But yeah, West Texas is it's just different. I've only flown over it. I've never driven through it. My dad's driven through it. Dude, we, uh, me and my buddy drove to New Orleans and back. Oh, <clears throat> and wow. so the first on the way out uh, heading east, it was we just busted all night. He had a bed in the back, and mm-hmm. so we just switched Took off shifts. driving. Yeah. So we didn't really see anything then. But on the way back... 
we were it was like the middle of the day, and we just we drove straight to El Paso. And we stayed the night over there. Dude, there's nothing. No, there's absolutely nothing. <laughs> like you're People coming tell me out El Paso is beautiful, but like getting there is there's not a lot. I mean, El Paso is a cool little city. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was nice, it was nice and clean, very quiet downtown area. You know, um, it's pretty trippy though. Like you're driving on the freeway, and there's like that. You can see Mexico on one. You know, there's a wall. Straight, yeah. There's a wall, and there's like Mexico on one side, and the United States on the other. Like, it's it's yeah. it's it's yeah. I didn't really expect that, but yeah, it was pretty trippy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, we just stayed a night there and just got some grub, and then we kept going. We actually went to the Gila National Forest (GILA), and there were hot springs. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we uh, we were in New Orleans, and we just uh, we just finished grubbing on some beignets at Cafe Dumont. Ooh. Have you been to New Orleans? No, but uh, oh, you gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. You gotta I, go. I know. I Dude, heard it's the it's the spot. Yeah, Cafe Dumont is like the place that it's like right next to that plaza and stuff like that. Uh huh. So we're go- we're walking down. Probably still got like powdered sugar on our face and stuff. And uh, there's this bartender just smoking a cigarette outside of the bar. And she's like, "You guys want to drink some Bloody Marys?" <laughs> we go there in there. Go, we go in there, and we, you know, hanging out with her. It's just us three. And she's like, "Oh yeah, she's from. I think she's from Oregon or something. Like that. She's from somewhere in the Pacific Northwest." Yeah. And she's like, "Every time I drive drive to California or, or Oregon, I stop at the Gila National Forest and go to the na- the hot springs." And so we're like, "Okay, cool." And we're check it out. Yeah, and so we just look up like directions, and it was just word of mouth, right? Uh huh. And so we did you like get lost on the way there? Not really. Like so we so we're driving. It's pretty cool. It's in a caldera. Okay. And so you know, like it's just barren wasteland. It's in New Mexico, right? So okay. it's just I'm barren wasteland. Like like it's dry. There's nothing. It's flat, right? Yeah. And then you start to get to the mountain and start climbing up, and there's towns, and it kind of resembles Big Bear a little bit. Okay. And then you get up there, and it's just like a pine high desert forest, yeah. right? And then you dip down into the caldera, and it's like this beautiful little valley. And we we get to the first stop, which is like a hot springs resort, which is like RVs and tents and stuff like right, that. Right. And we're like, hey, you know, can we jump in the hot springs? <laughs> and they're like, you need to like book something like two months in advance. You know, like this isn't Can't just like a place you pull up and do your thing. We're like, oh, man. oh, like some we told her what happened. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you drive about like half mile to a mile down the road. And there's like a little visitor center parking lot. You get out, you hike probably about you know three quarters of a mile across the creek a couple times, and that's where the hot springs were. Okay, yeah. It was, so you got there. We got there, and All it was free first come first serve camping too. So it was pretty sweet. And then it, it turns out the main little area they had cliff dwellings. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was it was a national monument, like not in the hot spring area, but if you go like kind of just the other side of the driving spot or whatever, there was uh, yeah, it was cliff dwellings, but it was like you know. 2021 spring of 2021 so they it, you weren't able to walk in there which you used to be able to but it was just like close quarters covid type stuff but we got up there it was cool nice dude yeah I, last time i did a road trip we were supposed to go through yosemite and thinking I mean, because this is kind of like right after covid yeah and when was right normally, after covid i guess so this road trip i would say be, that too like during and after covid but I don't this know. road trip would be july 2021 i guess okay yeah yeah it's a couple year after it was a year after but um i guess normally you can just go right up to yosemite and be like hey we're here for the day buy a day pass but now or i guess back then during like in 2021 you had to reserve it like 
six months in advance. Oh. So we drove up there thinking like, oh, we can just go go for a half day, spend hike around a bit. And I was like, no, we couldn't do it because he had to book it. But it was only just for that, like that time period that we were yeah. in. Yeah. So we never got to see Yosemite. Oh, so that was kind of a bummer. But we drove uh, all the way up to Reno or up to Chico, back to Reno, and then down to Vegas. So kind of just like a big loop. Yeah. North California and Nevada. And that drive from Reno to Nevada uh, to Vegas was brutal. A lot of nothing. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of hot yeah. springs oh. off of the side. Yeah. Yeah. Did you stop in any? No, I mean, it's not. There's no visitor center out there. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nothing out there, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, no. Silver State. No, dude, I mean, Nevada got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, There's not much. I mean, outside of Reno and, which by the way, have you ever been to Reno? I have stopped for food in Reno. I oh, went to an a and I went to an food. A&W. You got to stay for more than food. <laughs> Why? It's just a mini <laughs> Vegas. It's got everything Vegas has. It's just condensed. I drove down Less like chaotic. the main, I drove down the main strip. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I don't when it I was, was during there, the day, so there wasn't anything like lit up. There's like three main hotels that are all connected. You can go; they're all different names of hotels, but they're all connected to each other. So you can mm-hmm. go in and out, and you could just stay within those three hotels and like yeah. not have to leave and go outside. Yeah, I would want to go could, outside. You could be perfectly, but it's occupied. hot. It gets hot though. Yeah, yeah. When I was out there, there was a bunch of fires up in Northern oh. California, so it was like really poor air quality. Oh, we're so walking around at night; it's like 85 degrees, like like smoggy. Yeah, at like 10 o'clock at night. Dude, it was cra- no like that's dude, so it was, I think it was 2017, 2017, 2018, or whatever. But that was when like the big big fire was around Reading. Yeah, and I I did a road trip too. You Paradise. Could see, you could you could um yeah, it might have been that one. No, I think it was the one that was around Reading. The okay. the uh, the Whiskey Lake fire, the car fire. It was called the car fire. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking of a different one that like wiped out that entire. No, city I remember that too. Yeah. That might have been a little bit before that. Isn't it crazy how many fires anyway, that we've had in our lives? Well, anyway, dude, I'm in Wyoming. Okay. At Teton, Grand Teton, right? Okay. And you, there, it's smoky. Yeah. I've never two been to state, Wyoming. Two states over, though. Yeah. It was crazy. I, it was in the news, too. Like, the, like the, the plume of smoke was going all the way across the country. Yeah. Just like how earlier this year the Canadian fires were covering Coming up. New York, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, it's, it just depends on how that wind is blowing, dude. Yeah. Where it's going, how? Yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, not that much has been going down so true. far. This I heard is, we're getting some rain this week. We are getting some rain this week. Which I'm I, all for it. I'm all for that too. And I, I'm like, I want it to snow out there in the mountains. It's so funny, dude. Yeah. A week and a half ago, or about a week ago now, I saw on my weather app. I was like, oh great, dude! Like, big bears getting 19 inches of snow. Screenshot it, posted it up on my story on Instagram. Like, let's go. And I keep checking it. And there's, now there's not even supposed to get any rain. <laughs> not even no snow, let no down. rain. It's just like whatever. That's a letdown. I know. You board like, or ski? I don't do either of them. I just walk around in it, bro. Really? I got micro spikes, and I okay. actually just got some um, snowshoes too. Okay. Yeah. I board a little bit, but no, yeah. I'm not like crazy good. I just do it for fun. Yeah, I've been. I, I mean, just go down. I can't do tricks or anything. I just like going down the slopes. Yeah, I've been. Carving around. I've been once. And I fell the entire day, and I was like, yeah. never spending money on this again. <laughs> Last time I went, I had a really good day. Like, I was out there for maybe four hours. Yeah. And the first three hours, I was like, yeah, I feel really good. Because I hadn't been in, like, five years. Yeah. Um, it was probably, like, my third or fourth time ever snowboarding. So, I was just... And I skated and surfed as a kid. So, like, being on a board 
and maneuvering. I'm not. It's nothing new to me. Yeah. But it was just kind of getting back into feel of being on a surface snowboard where it's strapped to your feet. Yeah. And you're going a lot faster because snow. And I was finally getting That's into true. the swing of things, and I kind of got my confidence to let let it grow a little too high. And I was like, all right, we're gonna go down that that diamond. And I went down the diamond, and I thought I broke my tailbone. <laughs> I was going. I like, wouldn't even. Yeah. Didn't, that was that's where I was like, no, I've overstepped my boundaries. Uh, oh my that's when gosh. I knew I was not as intense as I thought I was when it came to extreme sports extreme sports. But yeah, I mean I can go out there and just carve around and have fun. But when I go too steep, I'm not gonna stop myself. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> Yeah. I'm more of a carving mellow kind of guy. Like uh like riding a longboard, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I you know never gonna do that, dude. I, you try it, it. It blo- Did you ever surf or skate? No, I mean I rode my skateboard around all the time. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, man. <laughs> no, nah, man. I'd rather. Nah, man. I'd rather like, you know, kayak or something around the bay, like something mellow and just chilling. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just not. A, I'm not an extreme sports guy. Okay. Yeah. You know, like that's one thing that I'll I wish, watch it. Yeah, I feel that. That's one thing that I wish I had more time to do. I mean, obviously now it's winter. Maybe not the best time of the year to do it. But I used to body surf a lot. Oh yeah, I would, oh, go, to yeah, the, yeah. I would go to the wedge down in Newport and body surf right there. And you would body surf the wedge. Yeah, dude. That sounds intense. It, I mean, it depends on what time of the year you go. If you go in August, September, where you've got like 15 foot waves, it's a little scary. Yeah, but if it's five to six feet, you're gonna have fun. Yeah, but. Yeah, I've had some scary moments at the wedge, though. Yeah, I bet, And I've dude. seen, yeah, people have died there. I mean, I I know what my limits are, and it's about 12 to 15 feet. Because <laughs> it's been bigger than that. It's been bigger than that. I mean, 2009, I think it was? 2007 or 2009. Uh, it was during, or Hurricane Marie, even, back in, whenever that was. Hurricane uh, Marie came within the last, like, five or ten years, and it was, like, 20-plus feet down at wedge. And that's when I go and I just sit on the beach and I just watch the waves. That's just terrifying to me. I mean, I, I appreciate it. I think it's cool mm-hmm. to watch. But it's yeah, such a I good way know. to stay in shape. Yeah, I bet. And that's, the, that's why I feel bad that I don't do it anymore. Not saying that I'm out of shape, but I could be in better shape. And it's I'm looking back at it, like it's things like that that I don't do anymore that are why I'm not as athletically <laughs> in tune as I used to be, as so you could say. I mean, you could go rock climb at the rec center. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's not that I I, it's, I don't have a lack of... Do you mean my roommates will play football with each other once a week and we'll get a little too into it? Like football or football? Both. A little bit uh, of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, mostly American little, little football. Footy, little footy Fridays? Little, yeah, dude. <laughs> we need to, we need to uh, give you a, a lesson on some football knowledge so you can be a guest on Footy Fridays. Should I just go into Footy Fridays and troll the whole time? Just troll. Who's who's Messi? Pessi? <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo? Like, uh, um, oh shoot! I'd be like, I take Freddie Adu over any of them all day, baby. <laughs> take. America. Oh, I did want to ask this. So, did you watch the? When I was. I think it was. Yeah, it was Saturday night because there was college football on. Long Beach State basketball take on DePaul. I watched a lot of that game. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a lot of. it. I again. watched most of the second half and. It was a, that's a gutsy win, you know. DePaul's that's a proper basketball school. Yeah, I mean the Big East is a fantastic conference. Oh, definitely, it's a great conference. Um, th- have you seen 
Yeah, I mean they they're not like one of the better teams in the Big East, but to beat a Big East team is yeah. like is like beating an SEC football team in yeah. my eyes. Yeah, I you know, like the Big Twelve is also a really good basketball conference. Have yeah. you seen a Requiem for the Big East? Thirty for thirty. Uh, I believe so. Is that talking about like the St. John's team? Yeah, St. Yeah, John's, Providence. Yep. Like the beginning of it, and how like that was like what got ESPN into the national conversation. Yeah. Was their their weekly games of Big East, and it's a competitive. It ended conference. with the death of the Big East. Yeah, and then they brought it back. Well, who was the first to. team to leave? Was it UConn? I believe it was UConn for football. Yeah, that that's what broke it up. They so there were teams that left to the ACC because they wanted more football attention, and then the Big East tried to gain schools that had football programs. Yeah, and Wasn't then it Syracuse just, in the Big East too. Yeah, Syracuse. Yeah, they they went to ACC. Yeah, a lot of good basketball um, schools. Yeah, and I mean, and so now you know the Big East is basically like the greatest mid-major basketball schools around, except for U- UConn's just a legit major major. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're always competing. In. It's like DePaul, Creighton, Marquette. Creighton's always up there for sure. Uh, Marquette is the top five, a top five team right now, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, Creighton's top ten. I think. Uh, who else is on that conference? I don't know. This is Providence. Of, Providence. Yeah, Providence is always Butler. respectable. Butler. Yep. The Butler Bulldogs, man. Yeah, dude. I'll never forget that game against. Uh, was they lost to Duke, right? Yeah, with um, Gordy. Gordon Gordy. Hayward. Yeah. You know, Brad Stevens. That was Brad Stevens. Brad right. Stevens. What's he doing nowadays? He's not with the Celtics anymore, right? He's long gone. He's building the Celtics, baby. So he's 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 set the head. He's not the coach anymore. I know. No, that. no, no, no. He's We're the, two coaches removed from him. So two, the the year before last year. So he hasn't been the coach for two seasons. No, yeah, this is the third season he hasn't been a coach. He's been the GM. He took Danny. So he's a GM. Gotcha. See, this is yeah. I keep up with college basketball. Yeah. Not as much as I do other sports, but yeah, I don't. I don't do any. Uh, no NBA. NBA. Yeah, not really. And and like this is mine. Super off topic, but this is mine, isn't it? How long has this been in here? I couldn't tell you. It's been here for this entire conversation. Well, yeah, but he's holding a mouse, by the way. Yeah, I'm hold- this is mine. not a live mouse. It's a it's a it's a, a wireless. computer mouse. <laughs> squeak squeak. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just sorry, I was just I got distracted. I was looking at that. Okay, like, that's definitely mine. There's something that I did. I made a mental note of earlier that I just wanted to. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna wait for him to finish talking. I never got back to it. Okay, so what was your elevator pitch to that Lavin guy, Levine? What was Levy? It? Levy? Mike? Uh, uh, yeah. What was your elevator pitch? I just told him like. Look, I, I know I want to do broadcast journalism. I think I've got a good voice. I think I've got a good knack for covering sports, and it's something I want to do. And I'm like, I'll fit in any role that, like, I don't know. Like to be honest, I don't know verbatim what I told him over the phone. I kind of just told him what I'm about, and I told him that I knew at a young age that like I wanted to be in this industry, and I think he just really could sense the. Not the urgency, but I guess the the uh, ambition would be a good word to say it. That in my voice and just yeah. the way I was kind of describing myself to him and how how far I want to go with it. And I think he could see that. Obviously, he wouldn't offer. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't think I was worth it. I guess you know. So yeah, no, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I was just trying to be genuine with him, and I think it. I think it paid off. 
Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with the Angels? Ronnie that's Washington a, running the show. That's a loaded question. First of all, I think that's a great hire. That's one of the best, better moves that that team has made in the last like decade. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Instead of like, like giving Phil Nevin a second, dude, that guy. It was. I don't know. I don't know what he feels about Phil Nevin, but he seemed like I wasn't a fan of him. He wasn't ready. I for respect that. that he was local. You know, he went to Cal State Fullerton. Oh, okay. Um, I've got a coworker. You ever go to the Danny K's out there in Anaheim? I forget what it's off of. But. The only thing I've been to in Anaheim was Disneyland and uh, the Packing House. Packing House, yeah, I got yeah. there too. But um, I forgot where I was going with that. Phil Nevin, Fullerton. Phil Nevin, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just not – he couldn't make a managerial decision. He was in oversight. No. And he was getting ejected left and right, not as much as Aaron Boone. Yeah. Aaron Boone, I mean, he got fired, right? He's gone. I think the Yankees hired a new coach. I, I have no they're, idea. they're planning on it. I think they're, that's what the plan is. I have no idea. But yeah, going back to Ron Washington, I think that's a great hire. Um, there's a lot of people saying Tory Hunter would have been. We talked about that last week on yeah. the uh, on around the bases, around the bases, around baby. The bases. We <laughs> <laughs> we took in, we filled in for Garrett, and uh, I was doing my best. Bruce. I was doing my best on around. Yeah, the you're bases. not a baseball guy at all, huh? Nah, I mean, look, I I know a little bit about baseball, uh, but no, I don't I don't follow it that much yeah i love going to games yeah you know and like i'll you know i'll check the standings every once in a while and like if there's a story that comes up i'll i'll read it you know like i know like the main headlines of baseball but no i don't i don't follow baseball i I I, i've watched last season i watched more baseball than than i have in the past probably like seven or eight years yeah i mean in the regular season viewership and attendance was up and then the playoffs and the world series happened and it plummeted right. because there's an east, there's a coastal bias when it comes to sports. Right. But, and like, the reason why I went away from baseball and I actually, like, I wouldn't say, like, go as far as say I have, like, disdain for baseball, but just, like, the impact of just, I mean, I already talked about it on around the basis of baseball used to be a huge part of my life. It used to, like, I used to play travel ball and mm-hmm. I, I did, like, tournaments every other weekend, like, at least once a month, we'd be doing tourneys, and I, it was like that was my thing. Like I was a big time baseball player. Okay. Played a tournament in New York when I was twelve. Um, and the way that I understood baseball, and the way that the reasons that I loved baseball have completely disappeared from the game. Right, that, and that's and, sad because that happens with a lot of people, and I think it has to do with coaches. You know, it's well, no, it's the front office. Okay. It, it has it like the coaches are following the the following the. Trend. Oh, you're talking at the big leagues. I'm talking about the big leagues, and of course, oh, of course, yeah, coaches. I thought you were just like, talking about the sport in when general. You, and well, like then what when, you... when you're younger, yeah, like high school coaches, like if you're in a big program, you know, like yeah, like a, like a, a notable high school program, you want to be suitable. You want to give your play your athletes the tools to succeed at the next level. Right. That's what a good coach does. Right, and so once you like go higher up the line, it is home runs, strikeouts, throw as hard as you can, get Tommy John surgery, um, walk, hit two twenty. Right, you know what I mean. Like changed a lot. Well, yeah, since they changed the rules, and it's gonna, it's only gonna get better from here. But they had to change the rules because, like, I mean, (laughs) you know, they're hiring people from you know, mathematicians from Ivy League schools that don't know anything about sports. Right, yeah. And they will tell you analytically, statistically, this will give you the greatest opportunity to win. 
It will also give you the most boring product possible because they want to turn the players into numbers, mm-hmm. it, they, which they're not. I mean, and, Moneyball kind of started that whole trend. Yeah, it did. It, it totally did. The thing, the thing about Moneyball that's lost on, on the conversation is that was not in the movie at all. There's a lot of they things had, that were in the movie. They had they had the be- maybe the best starting pitching rotation. Barry of my Zito, lifetime. Mark Mulder, Tim Hudson, Tim Hudson. Um, they had the two. They sure had the MVP. Somebody else on there. MVP. Barry Zito. Barry Zito, and then they had the 2002 AL MVP Miguel Tejada. Yeah, you know, like like yeah, uh, dude. Like they you, didn't even mention. Uh, well, they I guess they did mention. Uh, younger Giambi a little bit, but not too much about the older Giambi. It was Giambi. more about Scott Hatterberg. Yeah. <laughs> it was the big I mean, what a moment that was! Though. It was cool. They said a re- they they had like a bunch of consecutive wins, but twenty you, in a row, yeah. But, but then you, that got broken by the Cleveland. Uh, I was about to say Indians, but yeah, the Gardens. Cleveland baseball organization. But they didn't like win a championship. Like yeah. they became not the worst team, and they didn't they they weren't a laughing stock anymore. Well, they just changed the future of the game. I mean, that's look at the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays are the Still new Oakland A's. Can't finish the job. You know what I mean? And like like look at the Dodgers. There's a bunch of okay, look at the Dodgers. There's a lot of teams that are 100% analytical. And of course the Dodgers did win the World Series. And I'm not, like I'm not trying to take it that away from them, but they have been an early out more times than not because yeah, I mean, they everything is predetermined. Yeah. There is no like oh we're going to bunt this guy over, you know? Like for, like when I grew up playing baseball, first and second, less than two outs, you're either going to hit a ground ball to the right side or you're going to bunt the guy over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, you, f- it, there is, there's, it, it used to be a thinking man's game. Mike like, as in the, said it perfectly. Get him on, get him over, get him in. Yeah, this is that was the motto. Yeah, it used, and that's how the Angels were successful. Yeah, ninety percent mental, ten percent physical was the mantra for baseball. Now all the thinking has been taken out of the players, players' mind, and it's just, dude, the outfielders have key have key cards now. Yeah, they they're literally reading where they should be yeah. for what moment in time instead of actually being a thinker. Yeah, it's definitely uh, changing. Yeah, so I'm. Yeah, you, you you lessen the time to communicate in between pitches. It, it makes it more on the player to make a decision and stuff. So we'll see. Gradually, I'll work back into it. I am happy about all the stuff that that's been going down with baseball. Happy about the world changes, but you yeah. know, no, it's a, it's one of my top sports. I'll always, yeah, always. Be, hopefully, the Angels can figure it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for another year. <laughs> yeah, no. For hey, year. ultimately, I'll go to I'll go to Angel games more frequently than Dodgers games just because it's just a million times easier. Yeah, it's harder. It's hard getting up there in and out of Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I love Dodger Stadium. I love the renovations they did to Dodger oh, Stadium it's too. Out there, yeah. Um, but it's probably one of the most outside of Fenway, of course. <laughs> it's probably the most one of. No, it, it's probably the most beautiful ballpark that I... It is easily the most beautiful ballpark I've been to. I think Petco's up there, AT&T Parks, my favorite stadium that I've been to up in San Fran. Yeah, no, that that's I've been to both of those spots. They're both really cool, but something about the ravine and just the old school pavilions, yeah. the pavilion and the the, uh, yeah, yeah. the scoreboard just looks classic. It's a natural look. It looks really cool. Um, But I will say, and this is you know me being a Red Sox fan, but going to Fenway Park, is it actually incredible? Yeah, I need to go there. That's on a, obviously it's on a bucket list. They're all on my bucket list. But my fr- my freshman year roommate in uh, University of Oregon, huge Red Sox fan, and yeah. he would he'd spent so many. He's probably been to like a dozen games, but he lived in Oregon his whole life. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, his dad's a uh, Red Sox fan. So I think that's funny because most people in Oregon are like Seattle Mariners fan. It's like either the Seattle Mariners or the San Francisco Giants. 
There's actually, and then there's this family who are like, no, we like Boston. There's a lot of uh, New England transplants out there, too. Okay. Yeah, so maybe Just there's some sort enough. of connection there. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll good enough. I don't know. Well, anyway, <laughs> now that we got that dialed in. So, wait, most beautiful ballpark you've been to? AT&T Park. All right, I'm still going to go Dodger Stadium. Right. Best ballpark I've been to, although the seats are terribly uncomfortable, but the atmosphere itself, Red Sox, Fenway, Fenway Pack. Packed. All right, well, that's it for Hike Talk Repeat. This is 22 West Radio, uh, 22SMedia.com, HD Channel 3 on 88.1.